I was talking with Brother Mike McCoy last night and late yesterday evening. We were talking about what we were going to present to the people today. and I told him what I was going to be preaching on. He told me what he was going to be preaching on and uh, the way the Lord was leading if God would, you know, continue to lead that way. And a lot of times we don't have a say-so in it. A lot of times it's changed at the last minute. And uh, I said, well, I'm probably preaching on sin this morning. And uh, he said, you know what, preacher, we all need to preach more on sin. Uh, Not not a lot of messages that you'll hear from churches today, even good fundamental churches, are on sin. Uh, For whatever reason, I I think that's wrong. I I believe I'm guilty myself. Uh, We ought to share with the people what thus saith the Word of God about sin. And how sin destroys lives and how it will ultimately uh, send you to a devil's hell. Uh, People need to know the truth this morning. Uh, We're not here to uh, preach to you to get a paycheck. We're not here to tiptoe through the tulips this morning. But we want here to tell you the truth about the Word of God. uh, And what God feels about sin and sin in our life. Uh, you may say, well, preacher, I'm going to feel a little uncomfortable in here today. Well, that's good. I didn't want you to feel comfortable. Right. You shouldn't come to the house of God feeling comfortable. Uh, I know we've got uh, good seats to sit on, and uh, the temperature for me is just right in here this morning, and I feel good about that. But when it comes to the Word of God, I want it to speak to our hearts. Yeah. And uh, some people will say, well, preacher, you stepped on my toes. If I step on your toes this morning, I have missed the mark because we're aiming for your heart. Let me make that clear today. Proverbs chapter 16 and verse number 25. Let's stand for the reading of God's Word and prayer for the message in reverence to the one that wrote the book. Proverbs 16 and verse number 25. The Bible says, There is a way that seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Do you realize what death is today? The end thereof are the ways of death. As I was pondering my thoughts of what to title this message, I know a lot of you write it in your Bibles and take your notes. If we had to title the message, I want to title it Rosebud Alley. Rosebud Alley. You probably never heard anything like that title before. But the message should be familiar to you. Been preached all over this world. If it's in this book, it's been preached. I hope you take it and apply it to your life today. Father, Lord, in Jesus' name, as we come to you this morning, as humble as we know how, Thank you for the good songs of Zion. Thank you for the good testimony, God. I pray that you would uh, give us utterance from heaven. I pray that you'd anoint these lips, loose this tongue, give us a special anointing from on high to preach your word. And God, you know I I stand here a one-legged preacher today. But God, I pray that you'd use me for thy glory. And Lord, I pray that you would touch the people's hearts. Save that one closest to hell. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. 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 You may be seated. The Bible again there says there is a way that seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. 
And what the scripture is saying here in the book of Proverbs is that there are a lot of people that think they've got it all figured out. There's a lot of people that believe that they're going down the right road. And they're going down that broad road that Jesus Himself speaks about. But the end of that broad road is destruction. And you see, this world is awful attractive to a lost individual. It's awful attractive at times for those that have been saved from the wrath of God. But I'm here to tell you today, uh, it may look like a bed of roses, and that road that you're going down, uh, it may be full of roses, and it may be paved in gold, as you would say. Uh, But my friend, when you get to the end, is total destruction uh, in a place called hell uh, if you don't have that personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Sin is alluring to the eye. It's attractive to the flesh. And it's very appealing to the carnal minded this morning. Uh, You can go down the road and and you can see these big billboards. And you've got a a man standing there with a a six or eight pack of abs. uh, uh, Drinking his cold beer if you would. Now why didn't they have a five foot four, two hundred pound man standing there? Or you can go down uh, uh, to the uh, other road and you can see this a big, beautiful, uh, big, beautiful sign on the side of the road that uh, is advertising a dance club. And it's got this woman there and boy, she's a perfect 10, luscious, beautiful blonde hair. And she's just beautiful to look upon from the eyes. Yeah. Let me ask you something, inviting you to the gentleman's club. Let me ask you a question. Why didn't they use a a five foot four, three hundred pound woman in a bikini? Why didn't they use a a, a five foot one, a two hundred and fifty pound, eighty year old woman in that billboard? My point is sin sells. And sin always looks better than what it is. Sin always wears a pretty coat. Go all the way back to the Garden of Eden uh, where Adam and Eve were in the garden uh, and they seen that the fruit was beautiful to look upon uh, and they were told to stay away from that fruit uh, and yet they partook of that fruit anyway and it brought a change for mankind forever. Just because it looks good doesn't mean that it is for your benefit. Uh, I heard of a man one time, uh, he, brought a, he brought a brand new vehicle because it was pretty. He didn't buy it, Ricky, because it was a Chevrolet. Or he didn't buy it because it was a Toyota or a Nissan. Uh, he bought it because it was beautiful to look upon. Soon he discovered that what he bought was a diesel vehicle. At a time when diesel was a whole lot more expensive than gasoline. But to make it even worse, when he purchased that car out of beauty, the salesman failed to tell him that it was a diesel vehicle and he put gasoline in it and ruined the car. Just because it looks good doesn't mean it's for you. 
Just because you're traveling down Rosebud Alley today and you think everything to your right and everything to your left and everything ahead of you looks fine, it doesn't show you the destruction. It doesn't show you the despair. It doesn't show you the ultimate end at the very end of that road. Dr. R.G. Lee describes sin as a bed of pansies with a deadly serpent hidden underneath. Dr. John R. Rice, the great evangelist, pictured sin as a red apple with a worm crawling inside. It's like a boomerang, one said, uh, that always returns to its sender with consequences. Surely sin appears to be a beautiful bed of roses with a beautiful entrance. uh, But once inside, it's filled with stink. uh, It's filled with filthiness. uh, And it's filled uh, with ugliness. Uh, It's not what it appears to be. It looks fine on the surface, uh, but tragedy and sorrow are buried deep down inside. Everything looked fine and Satan made it sound all right, but the human race has suffered ever since that day in the garden. David went down Rosebud Alley and looked upon Bathsheba in lust and had to go lie with her. She looked beautiful on the outside and it looked beautiful. And he thought that might have been the right thing that he needed to do. But he suffered the consequences of that sin for his entire life. And David, may I add, was a man after God's own heart. The sword never let. The sword never left. Ananias and Sapphira were lured down the rosebud alley by greed and lust and selfishness. And they discovered how God feels about sin when they were left laid dead. You have to understand that God had blessed them and they were to give back to God. And they told everybody they were going to give back to God. Mm, They didn't do what they said they was going to do. So what did God do? He struck them dead. Struck them dead. Why does that work with us today? Well, let me tell you something. God owns it all every way. We just need to do what we're told to do in the Word. Amen? Surely sin is that beautiful red rose alley that some are walking down. That prodigal son found that attractive path that led him nowhere but to sleeping and eating in the hog lot. Eating with the pigs, if you would. Peter, at one time, you'll remember Peter went down that rosebud alley but ended up with his head hung low and weeping bitterly. Judas went out and hanged himself realizing he was too far down that dead end street to turn back. And the 30 pieces of silver looked good at first, but he ended up throwing them at the feet of the priest. And my friend, in disgust and in shame. My, my. That alcoholic discovered not too long that it's not cracked up to what it's all cracked up to be. 
That alcoholic, just because he's seen that billboard and just because he's seen that cool Corona commercial as those with those suntan bodies are sitting there as the sun or the moon goes down upon that lime that's inside that intoxicating beverage. He finds out later on that it wasn't worth all that to have cancer. It wasn't worth all that to lose his family. It wasn't worth all that to ruin his life. That he couldn't function in society to where he could not get anything done on the job. He realized that it was nothing but a sip from Satan's bottle that made him what he was when he could have turned to the fresh waters of God and gotten salvation full and free and delivered from the sins of this world. You might not have seen the things I've seen ministering to people and going into their homes uh, and they'd be in a drunken stupor and the kids not having anything to eat. You may not seen what I've seen when that mom and daddy is weeping bitterly because that teenage boy was hit by a drunken driver and that boy now laid dead somewhere in eternity because of someone else's sin and no fault of the young boy, the young child. That fallen girl, that unwed mother, went down the wrong road. Went down the wrong road. That Rosebud Alley is the broad way, that broad road that Jesus spoke about in the Sermon on the Mount. Mount and the road will always lead to destruction. You see, we're all going to be placed in a point uh, one time or another in our lives and the day may be your day that you'll be looking down two roads uh, and you can look to your right and you can see that it's full of stubble it's full of brush uh, it doesn't look very pretty uh, but you turn to the other way and you see a golden path roses laid out before you and it looks all sunny and uh, the perfect weather down that road uh, but it looks awful stormy and dark down that road uh, and God said be careful don't you go down that broad or that wide road because it looks good on top because when you get down to the end of that road you're going to be looking at destruction and you're going to be looking at a place called hell but if you look and don't take the easy way out take the road to God take the one that's less traveled and my friend God will save your soul it may look a little rough on the first and as you go down that road but when you get to the end you've got hell Heaven eternal forever for us to live forever with the King. Some of you may say, well, why wouldn't we want to take that road? Why wouldn't we want to take uh, that golden path with the rose petals? That road that looks so good. Rosebud Alley. Why don't we take that road? Because you don't know what's at the end of it. Sin always wears a pretty coat. It always looks good or it always feels good. But at the end, it is your ultimate destruction. It's the road that leads to destruction. I want to touch on four things about sin today that I hope will penetrate your heart. And if you're not saved today by the grace of God, you'll get down on an altar of prayer and ask God to come into your heart and forgive you of your sins. And if you are saved today, I pray that this message will convict your heart enough to get on this altar and pray for those that are going down the wrong road that need Christ today. 
Maybe you're here today, you've been saved, but you're, you've backslid on God. You're out of God's will. God will allow you to come back to Him. God will accept you back, get back in the good graces of God and return to Him. First of all, the definition of sin. What is sin? First John chapter 3 and verse 4 tells us plainly, Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law. For sin is the transgression of the law. See, when you break God's law, and some will put it easy and say, Well, we missed the mark, preacher. When you break God's law, it's sin. The Ten Commandments of God's law were given to Moses as a standard. They're not intended to be a ladder to climb up to heaven, but a mirror in which you can look at your life and assess it on where you are. And you may be here today and you say, Preacher, I don't steal. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Preacher, I don't commit adultery. I'm faithful. Let me remind you something today. The Bible says if a man looks and lusts upon a woman, he has committed adultery already in his heart. God help us. God help us. Oh, but I don't steal, preacher. Well, you, you never did know, but uh, you know, one time you probably stuck a pen in your pocket that didn't belong to you. Oh, one time or the other, there's this local pastor. If I told you who he was, you'd know and it sounds just like him. And matter of fact, if I tell you the story, you'll be able to guess who he is before, and I don't have to say a name. He's walking through the family dollar store and he picks up a card. And he's going to send someone a card of encouragement. And his phone rings and he's walking out the, around the store with the card. And this preacher, with nothing in his mind, walks straight out the door with the card in his hand. The tellers, uh, uh, the, the, the cashiers come out from among the cash registers and run out around this man of God and say, Hey, buddy, who do you think you are? He's like, excuse me, hold on. What are you talking about? Well, you walked out of this store, walked right by the cash registers with that card in your hand and didn't pay for it. That's stealing. Now, if I told you who this man of God is, you know that this could happen to him. And But you also know he had no intentions of walking out that door without paying for that card. And them ladies were brutal upon him. And they said, we ought to call the police and take you to jail. We ought, and I guess he was ashamed to tell them I wasn't trying to steal. I'm a preacher. I was just on the phone. You're a preacher and you're trying to steal. (laughs) You know, he didn't mean nothing by it. And luckily he got it all worked out before they got the authorities involved. How many times have we walked in somewhere and signed a document and stuck a pen in our pocket and walked out with it? How many times, how many of you used to do telephone booth searching from time to time? <laughs> hey, back when as a kid growing up, they used to have telephone booths. And every once in a while, if you stick your finger in that hole, you come out with a quarter. Hey, that was back then, that was at least two pieces of bubble gum. Yeah. Hey, man. 
Uh, I'm reminded of a story of a preacher. Some of y'all know the story. He went into a dry cleaners and he was getting ready to go off to revival. He picked up his suits and he seen some safety pins there. And uh, the lady had walked off to get his suits. He said, well, I may need them safety pins this week uh, as I'm gone for something else. So he grabbed five or six of them in his hand, put them in his pocket. Another preacher. Them rascals is thieves. Did you know that? He put it in his pocket, Dusty, and he got his suits, paid the lady, and took off down the road. Conviction of God got on him so bad. He had to turn around the car, go back into that dry cleaners, walk in and say, Ma'am, I've done something terribly wrong. Well, what did you do? He said, I took these pins and I didn't pay for them and God convicted me of it and that's stealing and I come to bring them back. He threw them pins down and said he was sorry, asked God to forgive him and left the pins and got out of town. And the lady's sitting there going, they take them pins all the time. He could have had the pins if he wanted the pins. No big deal. But the preacher knew that them wasn't his pins. And listen, some people steal a whole lot more worse things and greater things than that. That's just an illustration when you feel like you've never broken God's law. The Bible says in Proverbs 14, 21, He that despiseth his neighbor sinneth, but he that hath mercy on the poor, happy is he. Romans 14, 23, And he that doubteth is damned if he eat, because he eateth not of faith. For whatsoever is not of faith is sin. James 4.17 If you don't get any scripture today, get this one. Therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth not, it is what? To him a sin. What does that mean? Plain and simple. If there's something that I know to do that is good, that I need to do, and I don't do it, I've sinned. I've sinned. If I see an individual on the side of the road and they need help changing a tire and I know it would be good to stop and help them and if I know in my heart it would be good but yet if I don't stop, the Bible says it's a sin. If I know to hand out to someone and try to help them in need and I don't do it, that's called a sin. You see, there's sins of commission and there's sins of omission. You know today that you ought to be reading your Bible, but if you don't, it's a sin. You know today that as Christians, you and I should be reading the Word of God and witnessing to others, but if we don't do it, the Bible says it's a sin. We know that the Word of God tells us that we need to be faithful in the house of God, but if we're not... It's a sin. Right. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. That's right. I know some people work. I know some people get sick. Can't come to the house of God. But may I say this today and say it boldly. I'm just delivering what God's given me. Some of you just lazy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Hello. Well, I, we work late and we don't get... Listen, hogwash. Yeah. If you all for 7 o'clock get to the house of God, we'll wait on you. Right. We'll wait on you. Yeah. 
If my wife can work to nearly uh, 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 right up nearly to work time and uh, or church time and come here in her scrubs, uh, ready to serve the Lord, what's wrong with everybody else? Yeah. It's called living by example, folks. Living by example. We take everything too lightly. When it comes down to the house of God, we let everybody, you know, but you know, my favorite show's coming on tonight, preacher. Bless God, wrestling's got a pay-per-view tonight. The Phillies are playing the Braves. I wouldn't have missed last Sunday morning service for nothing. And you that were here would agree. Now, I didn't take roll. I don't know who was here and who wasn't. All I know is by the time the preacher got done, about 12.30, I looked up and 30 people were gone. And I was like, they didn't get it. Bless them, Lord. Don't bless them, Lord. (laughs) Don't bless them. That's like when we stand over the offering and I heard this fellow pray one time, Lord, bless those that give and those that don't. God ain't going to bless them that don't. That's the word. That's the word. Sin. Sin, my friend, is real. There's many types of sin that are illustrated in the Bible. You've got secret sin in Cain. Yeah. You've got impulsive sin in Esau. Or that birthright. You've got covered sin by David. How he went out and killed Uriah. And had him killed on the front line of the battle. Trying to hide his affair with Bathsheba. That's covered up sin. Yeah. May I say this today. No matter... How much you cover it up, God still sees it. Sin prompted by others, I think of Ahab. That reluctant sin, I think of Samson. He just toyed with it for a little bit. Until he finally gave away his secret. Sin under the influence of alcohol. Look at Belshazzar. Sin approved by authority. Judas. Approved by the authority. Listen, I don't care today if this world and this government says that abortion is okay. It goes against the law of God. And even though authority says it's okay, it's not okay. It's not okay. Even though it's approved by the government, doesn't mean it's okay. Them babies are alive. They're breathing. They've got a heartbeat. But yet they say it's okay to kill them. It ain't okay to kill nobody. Huh? Sin approved by authority. you got sin that's pleasing to the public. Just because the crowd says it's okay. Don't always go with the crowd. The crowd will send you down Rosebud Alley. <laughs> the crowd will send you to a place of destruction. Sin of pleasing to the public. Would that be Pilate? You tell me what you want. Should we free Jesus or should we free Barabbas? Yeah. What did they say? Free Barabbas yeah. and let Jesus die. The only reason he done that, the only reason why Pilate done that was to please the crowd. Amen. Then you got a sin of ignorance pictured by the Jews in their rejection of the Messiah. 
from the very beginning to the day, many a people, many a Jewish people, listen, our Savior was a Jew, but they did not believe and still do not believe that He is the Messiah. They didn't believe He was the King that was going to save the world. They still don't believe that He is the one. Oh, they were looking for a king that had on a crown that was born into royalty and that had a robe. They weren't looking for someone that was born in a manger in Bethlehem. They were looking, my friends, down Rosebud Alley for the king when he made himself lowly to come to save you and I. And he took upon flesh as God did took upon flesh as the Son of God and come to this world, born of the Virgin Mary and born basically nothing and more than a, than a horse stall or a trough, if you would, uh, in a little manger there in Bethlehem. Right. You see the definition of sin, but don't you see the deceitfulness of sin? Hebrews 3.13, But exhort one another daily, while it is called today, Lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Oh, but preacher, I'm following my heart. Let's see if you want to do that or not after you read this scripture. Jeremiah 17, 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Right. Who can know it? The heart. Yeah. The heart will lead you down Rosebud Alley. But if you listen to the Lord, He'll lead you to a way of salvation. The Bible says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Uh, There is deceitfulness in sin. See the deceitfulness of sin in many things. Silly Sally comes along, brushes upon the hand of a married man. Silly Sally comes along and says, You know what? If you'll just leave your wife, me and you'll live happily ever after. The deceitfulness of sin. The deceitfulness of sin. And my friend, no matter how long you try to conceal and no matter how you cover up, the Bible tells you and I that your sin will find you out. It's deceitful. But look at number three, the death of sin. I'm going to go pretty quick here. But get this, Romans 6, 23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Ezekiel 8, 20, 18 and 20 says, The soul that sinneth, it shall die. And that death, meaning the second death, going to a place called hell. But oh, that one that has everlasting life in Christ. Uh, listen, uh, that soul's going to live forever in a place called heaven. Uh, don't go to that place where you'll live forever called hell. Oh, but preacher, I thought you'd go to hell. You just burnt up and you're done. No, the Bible says the fire is never quenched. The body's never consumed. The soul's never consumed. The worm dieth not. And the fire's never quenched. Many a people are going down Rosebud Alley thinking they've got it all figured out. But when they drop off the end, they're going to be in destruction. See, the sinner dies in sin, but the Savior died for sin. Rosebud Alley always comes abruptly to an end. And it comes to an end with death. Death by sin, deceitfulness of sin, the definition of sin, 
One thing I want you to understand in my fourth point, and we'll close this message out, there is a deliverance from sin. The Bible tells you and I in 2 Corinthians 5.21 For He hath made Him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. What authority does Jesus Christ have over me? How can He forgive me of my sin? I can tell you why. It's because He was the sinless Lamb of God. He never had one sin in His life. You mean preacher He never did have no evil thoughts? I'm here to tell you He never had any evil thoughts. Uh, preacher, was he tempted? Yes, he was tempted on many occasions, uh, but he never fell uh, to Satan uh, and his devices. Uh, my friend, he was the perfect sacrifice. Yeah. The perfect sinless Lamb of God. The penalty was hanging over your head and my head, but payment and pardon was granted by Jesus Christ when He died on the cross of Calvary. The curse was passed to all of us, but the cure today is found in Him, the Lord Jesus Christ. Judgment was sure, but justification has revealed to us, uh, you and I, we can be saved today. An Indian tried to describe how to be a Christian. He had been saved, gloriously saved out of sin. And he's trying, and not knowing a whole lot about the Bible, he tries to give an illustration of how God saved him. And he gets this little circle. And he puts some little twigs around this circle about yay big. And he lights it on fire. And he's got a circle of fire there, Joe. And he gets this worm... And he puts the worm in the middle of that circle. And that worm is running from one area to the other trying to get away. But he can't because of the flames. And as he told those other Indians in this illustration, he said, this is what God done for me. And he reached down into that fire and he picked up that worm and he took it out and set that little worm free. He, what he was trying to say was, look, I was in that position. I was bound for the devil's hell. But God come along and plucked me out and brought me where I am. Thank God for the scripture. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of miry clay and said, my foot upon a rock and establish my goings. My friend, that's what deliverance is. Thank God I've been delivered from the wrath that comes with sin. Thank God I've been delivered from the ways of this world and I don't have to live that way. But I can live in righteousness and be good in the eyes of God and try my best to do what I can do. And so can you today. I know our righteousness are as filthy rags. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. But have you been saved? Christian, let me ask you, are you what you're supposed to be as a Christian? Are you faithful unto God? Do you witness for the Lord? Do you tell others about Christ? And if you're here today, you don't know Christ as your personal Savior, let me encourage you, we can introduce Him to you in a personal way. The only way you're going to get to heaven today is by the cross. There is no other way. Mohammed can't let you in. Buddha can't let you in. Listen, Jesus Christ is the only Savior. 
The Bible says, Christ said of Himself, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man can come to the Father but by me. Many of people today will be saying, I'm praying for you, and I'm praying for this, and I'm praying for that, and yet they can't get a prayer past the ceiling because their life's not right with God. It's plain and simple. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. Forgive me of my sins. I want to go to heaven when I die. That's those people over in the Middle East that are being beheaded. Figure out that them people are going to make it until they're old in age. How do you know you're going to live to see tomorrow? How do you know you don't catch a stray bullet in your brain before the night's over with? How do you know that your life will continue in the next week? Oh, I've got plenty of time, preacher. I'm still young. I've got plenty of time. Don't let the devil fool you because you're looking down Rosebud Alley thinking everything's okay when it's not. Accept Christ today. You that are saved, get closer to God. If you that are saved and you're trying to live as close as you can, God bless you. We'll be down here praying for them that's not. Asking for God to help them. Intercessory prayer. I want you to stand as they come get us a song of invitation. Our Father in heaven, God, in Jesus' name. Lord, as we come to you tonight, Lord, with goodness, Lord, with all your goodness and mercy and grace that you bestowed upon us, Lord, we stand here today, nothing but an old sinner saved by grace. God, I pray that you would bless these that are coming around this altar already. Save that one closest to hell. Lord, I pray that you would welcome the backslider to be back close to you once again. Lord, touch the Christian today to move on behalf of another. And we'll thank you for all you do for us. In Christ's name we ask. Amen.